Welcome to That Food and Wine Show with Nerida. You're listening to That Food and Wine Show. I'm Nerida. I'm sitting here beside this most effervescent, gorgeous, talented woman who really, I just girl crush. There's no other word for it. <laughs> Jessica Piedemont. How are you, Jessica? That's a great introduction. I love it. That's a lot of fun. Um, girl crush. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Well, the feeling's mutual. <laughs> feeling's mutual. Now, tell us your other fancy Instagram name. You are known as the... Oh, yes. Uh, Chocolate Artisan is my fancy Instagram name. I used to hide behind it because I didn't... I wanted people to like my food, not because of somebody I happened to be or something like that. You know, it happens a lot in food, but eventually I crawled out from that uh, decades down the track. And also now we have a social enterprise called South Pacific Cacao, so... Let's just go back a step. So you are a chef, first and foremost, but your specialty is all things chocolate. And you, unlike... A lot of even pastry chefs or sweet chefs or what are they called? Dessert chefs. What yeah, are they called? Yeah, anything you want. <laughs> they often don't see the actual raw bean. No. Ever. No, they don't. Yeah. More and more now is happening and everyone's getting a small little grinder and getting some beans and toasting them in their oven and uh, doing all sorts of stuff to shell them. More and more people are interested in where their ingredients come from overall and the theatre of enjoying getting involved with whatever it is. So we're doing classes as well for that. So how did you split off into this world of um, artisan chocolate? I'd wanted to do it for a long time. Um, The problem was what I was experiencing in Europe and what I was experiencing in North America and so forth. They're at a different level with exposure in some ways. You know, they've got a big population. When somebody gets on board, they can get a big following quite quickly here. We're very far away from everything and we have a small population. We have a very different landscape with the medium. So when I would come back to Australia, I couldn't necessarily get a good reliable source. The authenticity of the beans and where they're coming from and how they're you know, raised and harvested and fermented and dried, all of this is very, very important. So I really couldn't branch out more into that sector until I found like good reliable sources and the right machinery and it's all fallen into place now with a lot of hard work but um, you know slow food there's that slow food thing still exists yes in the world Mm. Um, yeah no I really like it do you have a huge expectation on you to produce the goods every time someone comes over yeah, we, um, we have pressure on us all the time because my partner is also a, a top chef and uh, so people always expect, you know, something good. We don't get as many invitations to their house, but that's okay. They like to take us out somewhere special. And, yeah, it doesn't matter. Because I am also a chef, we like to do sweet and savoury. Yeah. You know, we make the breads, we do the cures, we cold smoke the bacon. I mean, whatever we can find enough Chocolate bacon for. is a thing. It totally works. Totally works. Sweet, salty, crispy... Some people think it sounds disgusting. No. You need to be open. We did the bacon festival years ago and we had a stall and we did, um, I got this pig head mould and crushed up crispy bacon, pate fouilletine, smoked salt that we did, blended yeah. a few chocolates, did a bacon and egg cookie. Tommy did his bacon and egg roll. He's won awards for that. Yeah, so it's fun. Oh, yeah. good open Lord. So um, I know this is a crazy question to ask you yeah. because there's no such day and in the life so of yeah. Jess. Put, put me on the spot. <laughs> but I met you at Food Service Australia mm-hmm. show. I was emceeing a, a stage and a demo. A fancy stage. A very for fancy a few stage. Days. <laughs> and Jess, 
you know, was was on there as the talent producing her goods and it was just so much fun and just showing people how she does some of her fabulous creations. But um, tell me a little bit about a day or a week in the life of Jess. I thought you were going to put me on the spot and ask me what I made and I'm racking my brain going, what did we do? No, we made we made whoopee, whoopee, whoopee pies. pies. Yeah, I was doing different stuff on different stages. Yes. But, um, yeah, no, that's good times. So it's always changing. The flavour of what my week is always changing. Obviously, Fine Foods, this trade show we're at, making great things is, is the big, big thing this week. But at the same time, I've got my solicitor messaging me about our agreement for our new venture happening um, in Haberfield in Sydney's Inner West. If anyone's coming to the Inner West, it's, I'm born and raised in the Inner West. <laughs> I'm never going to leave. So, yeah, we're going to open up a, a retail place, which is super scary because I've never done yes. retail before. So I'm, I'm super nervous yes. um, about that. I think we'll just start with Friday, Saturday, and if it goes well. and I know. We might need to put other people out the front. I don't know. What I'm are you so I'm so used to dealing with business to business, so yeah. it's new. We'll do chocolate wares. We'll have a home for chocolate artisan and we'll have a home for South Pacific cacao. And, you know, we'll do drinks. We'll have some bonbons. We'll have some nice sweet things. And, you know, we'll be, we'll be making it there. Masterclasses galore. Milk, for goodness sake. Oh, do you know it's actually really hard to get a good chocolate milk? I know, and a thick shake. We're going to do like oh. a proper thick shake with like yeah. single origin chocolate and stuff oh, like yum. that. Mm. Yeah, oh, okay. that's a plan. That's what was the awesome. question again? <laughs> what is it? Week? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I juggle the baby at the same time um, with the father. That's a juggle too. Yes. Even though they're both fabulous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's good it's good times. So. But then. You've also, on top of all of this craziness... Yeah, what have I done? You've also <laughs> got a foundation. Oh, the social enterprise. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's massive. Right. Um, so I'm trying to... So push... our listeners don't know anything oh, about this, so start from the beginning. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I met a friend, well, now a friend, through another mutual friend in industry. So bean to bar, tree to bar. So from literally the source where it's grown <laughs> all the way through to somebody eating country? it. South Pacific, we're following the whole South Pacific region, but our friends that got us together were from Hawaii, so they grow cacao and make it over there as well. They grow it in um, northern Queensland in Australia also, but it's still a very new industry. I think someone was telling me 35 hectares up there, and I mean, it's still new for them, and they're doing all sorts of developments up there. It's, It's going strong. In the South Pacific, for instance, the Solomon Islands, over 25% of the local population is involved in cacao in some way, shape or form. So it affects a lot of families. And so if they have better practices, better methods, getting better results in beans, these beans are winning awards worldwide in, uh, you know, North America, in Europe. And and that's So the Swiss can naff off. Oh, look, I've got plenty of time for the Swiss. They're the largest consumers per person of chocolate in the world, 11 to 12 kilos on average. So I sometimes question, am I Swiss? Uh, I do a lot of work with Swiss chocolate also. They make good stuff. I've been there, seen the cows with the bells. Yes. It's beautiful. It's very, very nice. Um, So, yeah, so we met through a mutual friend. I got some samples of beans. One thing led to another. And he was telling me about how he's trying to help the local people from his community because his father's from the Solomons. And all the things that were like aspirational dreams for him to achieve that were the links that he didn't have, he had a lot of links going on to help the people in many ways because there's, you know, the propagation, there's raising, there's fermentation, there's drying, there's storage, there's, you know, uh, exportation. There's so many moving parts. And they're working with a lot of aid programs but the thing is, when the aid programs run out, 
you know, what happens. So we're trying to work directly with them. I joked and called ourselves the self-funded aid program. I didn't really realise we fell under social enterprise. I'm like, oh, that sounds so fancy. So, you know, now I feel like a big kid. Uh, So, yeah, so we just sort of got started. Everything he said he had challenges with, I realised I had connections and I had resources and I had relationships with other brands worldwide and I thought, this, I can do this. I can help. This is bigger than me. So I have essentially slowed down my cooking school. I'll still teach some classes, but very much focused on all of the tree-to-bar work, working a lot with the people of FBM. They're an Italian company, so we have a lot of their machinery. Guys at Unox Ovens, they've got a lot of machinery we're using for roasting. So we're really pulling a lot of strings with relationships with our friends to pull this off. My head's very much on the line. (laughs) Um, but it, it's bigger than me, and the more we can raise the movement, the faster we can help people. So we're helping them get a better price, sun-dried over smoke-dried. Like a smoke-dryer will run out. It will eventually not last. It's poor quality for the bean, poor quality for the person to operate. Mm. It's not sustainable, whereas sun-dried beans get a better price. It's environmentally friendly. there's just no comparison but the education and the infrastructure like there's so much to do some of these people are carrying 60 kilo bags of beans over their head into the water because there's no wharf at the port just to get into a dinghy to get it to Uh, the main town like I can't explain the different style of situation that uh, that we're trying to work with here Diesel power generators on the blink is their power source. So we initially wanted to do everything there. So all the jobs are there and it's helping more people on a a greater scale. But the reality isn't there. So hence, it's coming to Australia, to a first world country. I'm in Sydney. We all know it's expensive. And uh, and I'm rubbing two sticks together. (laughs) Everyone loves a good challenge. I'm I'm going to put this out there to our listeners. Seriously, if you're a clever business person... And you want to work with beautiful Jess and help her to help thousands of others in the South Pacific Islands to also help us bring beautiful chocolate to the world, then just get in touch with Jess and (laughs) and give her, you know, some time or some uh, resources or some cashola. I mean, you know. And you'll get chocolate, won't they? Uh, Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sometimes I think we have to do a Kickstarter just so people might, you know, give some money so we can make advancements a bit bit more. But yeah, look, I even did a presentation for Rotary because they wanted to hear about me. And I said, no, no, no. I've said, I've got something more interesting to listen to. And I told them and they said, oh, we'd love to. And you know, just even people's advice. I mean, I only have so much experience. I've been around more than 20 years professionally in the game, but there's a whole new world of uh, what we're doing. And um, it's great. Like, you know, we donate to charity and and we give away vouchers or hampers or this Mm. and that. And that's great. But when you actually create something that you can make a legacy out Mm. of, and it's like, well, let's just go for gold and see how much we can do and yes this is very Australian of me give it a crack give it a go go for gold Uh, but that's what we do best (laughs) bloody hard work I will say yeah I know my brain moves so much faster sometimes than 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 what we're getting done but then sometimes you know it can move quite quickly and you're always trying to change the tempo and chocolate artisan very much shoulders the other brand like as far as you know, living and, mm. you know, we just need to get some good customers, look after them, grow the range of what we do, open up to retail. Yes. Uh, all sorts of new things. A lot of things that people have been harassing me about for a long time. So, 
How did your life change when you had your little bloke, given that your life has been frenetic as a chef? Yeah, little Colin. I think he's made me have more focus in a way. Uh, You know, I spent a lot of time travelling with work and I've taken him to work, I've taken him to meetings, I've taken him to shows, I've taken him on stage. He's coming later today. Can't wait to meet him. Yeah, my brother's looking after him, which is good. Uh, He's got his new chef's outfit right for his size. (laughs) He's 20 months. So, yeah, look, it's been good. It's been challenging. It's been wonderful. feel very blessed, lucky to have a good network around me. And most of the people that I work with, you know, they've got families, they understand. You know what I'm talking about. And even if you don't, someone is someone else's child, is someone else's brother, they're an auntie, they're an uncle, you know, we're all very much connected on mm. so many levels. So the fact that when I did presentations in, in the Solomons to the women and youth sector, um, that meant a lot to me because I just had Colin four months in, wow. I'd left him, took the breast pump with me, you know, airports are a great place. Oh, that's, a, that's an attractive yeah, thing, I'm isn't it? I'm not going into great details. <laughs> it was strange going to the parents' room without him. But, you know, it meant a lot to me to be able to go over and contribute and help people. And it was just a wonderful experience. A lot of these people had never seen what their chocolate can do. Mm. You know, they're buying in cocoa powder from another country. They're not even using the raw material. So everything that I made in my presentations for these young entrepreneurs was using cacao that they actually have. So fresh, I did like a sorbet granita. I uh, took the nibs. We made like pastes and like a, like a praline. Toppings. Just explain to our listeners what the nibs are. Yeah, nibs are what's inside the beans. So you take the pod, fresh pod, harvest. It's ripe. They open it up. They ferment the beans inside. About twenty to fifty beans, depending. It's got a lovely white pulpy flesh around it, like a mangosteen or a rambutan. Super tropical. Absolutely delicious. Tastes nothing like chocolate that you know at this point. Okay, what does it taste like? sort of like fresh tropical fruit oh, yeah wow. it's very nice okay. it's lovely and refreshing but it has an incredible short shelf life so you won't really find it unless you're around that equator 10 yeah. percent band uh, that's where it's thriving mm. and so what i taught them to do was extract the flesh freeze it because they don't have ice cream machines no. so we we lent on the Italian Sicilian uh, people and did a granita, and of course it went really well. Yes. And they loved it, and they make a drink out of it often, even a liqueur out of it mm. um, as well. And then the other thing they do is then they ferment, fermenting three to ten days. It depends where, how humid, how rainy, how mm-hmm. much. That's another conversation. And then it goes into drying after the fermentation. And all of these steps are incredibly critical to your end result of what you're left with. Jess, who on earth is the first person who discovered this? How do you go, all right, here's a bean on a tree, I'm going to pick it. Like this is a conversation I mean, of religion and science, you yes, know. Like, <laughs> like there's not a, like a Mr Chocolate, is there? Who, well, some like, some people like to, to get, rename me, that's that's for sure. <laughs> Jess, the chocolate queen lady. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that sounds yes. great. So people can actually purchase your products from you what can they purchase from you yeah. at the moment online and, st- and so on uh, chocolate doesn't seem to travel too well in hot areas mm. so sending chocolate other than beans or nibs I've always treaded lightly because it's your reputation on the line yes. and when you're paying premium and the good quality doesn't arrive in good quality like forget it yes so I've never done chocolate itself online done other products mm. but with the retail now it's good because it opens people up to just getting one bar or one yes. chocolate, which when we've always done wholesale or larger scaled items, mm. there's a minimum yes. sort of like requirement. Mm. But we have the raw bean 
the roasted bean, the winnowed bean, which is the nib, which is the husk. You were asking me about mm-hmm. the nib. So the nib is the inside bit, yep. which is commonly used to make the chocolate. Or okay. when they make cocoa butter and cocoa powder, they put the cocoa nibs in a hydraulic press, extract the butter, get the brick, then they rough the brick up to make the powder. Oh, wow. So the powder naturally always has some cocoa butter fat in it. Mm. So our hot chocolate, we just take the chocolate that we've made mm. and... Uh, we uh, process it so the fat's still in there mm-hmm. and we use that for the drinking experience okay. which yeah it's, it's nice it's different chocolate they can get chocolate a lot of cultures particularly in the south pacific regions i think um samoa uh, i know even the philippines do this special drink where they take the nib mm-hmm. and they roughly grind it mm-hmm. and they'll make drinks out of it with that Whereas if you serve that to my mum, for instance, yeah. she'd be like, what yeah. have you done wrong? But it's a <laughs> ceremonial drink and there's culture attached to chocolate Ooh. in so many different ways. So the interesting thing about it is if you have an open mind and you want to try and learn, there's so much there to enjoy. Mm. Oh, wow. So what's coming up on the horizon for you? We have a new course coming up on the 7th, 8th of October for, for pref- professionals. Um, at Euroquip, they're the distributors of, of quite a lot of the brands that we use. We have our Christmas cake countdown that's been released. So I've been doing Christmas this Christmas cake. cakes for over 10, 15 years. Everywhere I've worked, yep. wherever I've gone, yep. they've been sent around the world, these cakes. Really? They travel really well. Can I please get on the list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we've only released 100 online. We're only sending nationwide because sending these things online. Oh, they, they are little bricks. It's yeah. the most dense cake we commonly ah, make. So just fruit held together with a little bit of... Yes, we macerate the fruits for up to 12 months. Yum! Honey from my friend's farm, orange juice, lemon juice, zest, vanilla beans. Oh my goodness. It's just wonderful. That's the syrup with the fruit. We use lots of different fruit. We use um, cr- It's crusted with nuts on top. Yes, yeah, so if you're a nut allergy, you don't want to go there with this today. Yeah. Coconut inside, of course, chocolate secret ingredient inside, oh, chocolate yeah. that we make. Sea salt, pepper, say a cultured butter, uh, artisan stone ground flour. Wow. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's... Um, Sounds and spectacular. I, you know what? We cut one up the other night. Uh, we did a whiskey tasting at home. <laughs> it's pretty good. Oh, it goes we so do good those. We do all whiskey. sorts of stuff at our house. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. And we have sort of like people that conduct what people have at what time with yeah. what food. I don't do that, but I provide certain food. Chocolate was one of the courses. Yes. Fruitcake was one of the courses. And so, what? It was eight months old yeah. no ten months old because yeah. it would have been made in about no, it was awesome oh how exciting yeah and it was a gluten-free one we have done gluten-free oh, but wow. i think for our corporate orders we can still stick with gluten-free it's a challenge you know certifying kitchens and stuff jess how do people get in touch with you because there's so many reasons to get in touch with this yeah. beautiful woman yes um, her social enterprise if you can help then please do oh, cool. um also if you want to um, get in touch with her to buy some beautiful gifts and beautiful treats for yourself and also online and also classes. There's so many and also. But how can people get in touch with you, Jess? So I have a website. Um, you can just go to www.chocolateartisan.com.au, a.k.a. jessicapetamont.com. Yes. You've got to get the spelling right for that. And then our social enterprise is www.southpacificacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacacac
put you on a plane flying somewhere. I know, I know. So good. Uh, and also there's Messenger too. So, yep, make, t- make contact with beautiful Jess. And, um, yes. And thank you for chatting me thank to, for to me today. Me. It's been amazing. I can't wait. Well, I'm just going to have to book a flight to listen to myself. I know. You'll love yourself sick. <laughs> Probably not. But, yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're listening to that Food & Wine show. I'm Nerida. For more snackable content, visit thatfoodandwineshow.com.au.